There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 275. We're joined by Russell Fitzgibbon today on the pod, aka Skeleton. The Sydney-based producer and songwriter released one of the best local records of the year last week with his debut record, Under Utopia. Before we get into all things Skeleton, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you find good podcasts on and ensure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Skeleton. The musical alter ego of Russell Fitzgibbon makes electronic music that somehow feels hazy, organic and wholesome all at once. The Sydney-based producer, singer and songwriter has been making music for years and some of you might know him as one half of electronic duo Fishing. He began composing some of these songs before the pandemic but continued through as a silver lining to what was kind of going on in the world around him and these songs do somehow reflect back incredibly welcoming and inviting warmth that I just don't feel like you hear a lot of in electronic music. His debut record Under Utopia came out last week and it's already getting rave reviews from across the world. In today's episode, we talk to Russell about Under Utopia and the creation of some of these songs. We discuss the art of knowing when to stop and recognise when a song is completed, which is a skill that is actually quite difficult in the world of songwriting. We also discuss some of the live shows that he has planned for the record and what the rest of the year holds for Skeleton. Under Utopia is out now and we've left links in the show notes so you can stream or buy the record and we do want to say a massive thank you to Kyle from Play It Again Sam for his help with this episode. Here is our conversation with Skeleton. This song is yours, Skeleton, aka Russell Fitzgibbon. Russell, hello. How are you doing? Hi, I'm really good. Thanks so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on what I'm, well, what I believe, and um, and appreciate you being here with us. It must be a very busy and exciting time for you at the moment. Yeah, it is. It is that. It is busy and it is exciting. <laughs> like all in all the right ways. Like um, it's really nice to actually be on the other side of the record coming out now so all the it's more exciting less busy <laughs> of course well the the record that we are going to be talking about today you released a brand new record on friday um it is a sonically a beautiful piece of work it is called under utopia um 
firstly, yes, congratulations on the record. Uh, as you mentioned, these kind of, you're now on the other side of it. And I know that some of these songs were almost written pre-pandemic. How are you feeling now that, that, that it's out in the public? It's out of your hands almost. Yeah, it's really, it has always been that kind of process that I kind of like in releasing music where it's like, you know, before I release something, I'm, I'll be listening to it and just kind of immersing myself in it for years even. Like with some of these songs, as you said, like they were kind of started pre-pandemic and kind of have like, you know, been hanging around and being developed a little bit or just they haven't really developed from there that much but like the process some of the songs were written right at the end like you know last year um and yeah so living with it for so long and then I really love that process of just kind of like when you just get to give it away and <laughs> like it's no longer like something that you I feel like I need to like listen to in the same way because it's kind of like it's not for me anymore and it's, re- and it's really rewarding to kind of see it doing the thing that it's meant to do, which is like have people listen to it and like respond to it. Yeah. It, it is a, a beautiful piece of work. Are you, um, in terms of, uh, I don't want to say self-editing, but knowing when a song is done or knowing when a piece of work is done, are you good at putting that final full stop on it or is it something that you like to revisit time and time and time again? I think I'm actually, it's something that I've worked on at getting a lot better at finishing songs or like not finishing songs and just accepting that they're finished. Mm-hmm. I think like earlier in my career when I was making music, I would be pretty like, pretty would go pretty deep on a song trying to like really like figure out exactly like the best thing that it could be or like exactly what it needed to get it to some like random place that I didn't know where it was. It's like this open-ended thing that you can never really get to. And I think Mm -hmm. I've discovered, and it was something that I kind of found which helped with the genesis of this project was just like keeping it simple and like trusting, looking for like the, the core of a song and like the vibe of it. And so often it's just like, well, the first thing that you did, like, obviously you have a mix, obviously you maybe write the, like make sure the lyrics are right and everything's right. But the vibe is like, that's the core and it's there from the start or it's not. And if it's there, then it's like, you don't have to worry about it too much. And like, well, that's it. There's nothing I could do to kind of like improve what the song is about. Cause it already has that all within it. Yeah, so it's it's nice to like feel like I'm getting better at that, you know, understanding that process. It's something that we've we've spoken to a few different artists um, on this podcast about, and I always it, it it's a fascinating thing to me because I think that it changes from like genre to genre, maybe in the sense of like sometimes with like a straightforward pop rock song that might be played on the radio, like on, sorry, on like your mainstream radio. Um, there's almost like, if you've got a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, that that's maybe like the, the finality of the song. Whereas I find it much more, um, it's, it's much more like an intricate process of electronic music because there is so much repetition and, um, because you're having these different ideas, sometimes it might be more sparse. Sometimes it might be more, um, uh, grand <laughs> for lack of a better word yeah. that it's, it's definitely harder to 
work out where it stops and where it ends and, and what kind of sits in between. And so I think it is a fascinating process. So thank you very much for, for kind of sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's interesting. like I always, um, I think because my music is, you know, it kind of toes the line between that like pop song, you know, where there are verses and there are choruses, but it's also really loopy and really kind of repetitive and kind of just sticks on these one ideas. Um, yeah. So it's always an interesting thing to kind of feel like, Oh, does this song need a chorus? Does it even like, mm. is that <laughs> required? Like, yeah. And I, it's always, once again, just goes back to like, try and make it easier on myself by just being like, well, it doesn't need anything that it doesn't need. You know, it's just like, if that is the, if the song is just a loop, then that's just a loop and that's what, that's all it needs. It shouldn't be anything yeah. else than that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I got from this record as well, it seems, it seems hopeful in a way and it like, uh, in an audible sense, like it, even if the lyric, uh, lyrical content might not have reflected that throughout the whole record from start to finish, it was this beautiful, kind of almost longing in a way um, that I felt kind of was thread throughout the album. I'm not sure if that was intentional. Maybe it's just my (laughs) interpretation of it. Was that kind of something that you recognised in in the music as you were kind of making the album as it went along? Yeah, you're exactly right. Like I definitely, it's funny because, yeah, I don't think it was intentional in the way where I set out to do that, Mm -hmm. but it is something I definitely feel is, was reflected and I kind of recognized was like kind of a thread that was carrying through, um, in the writing process that like, it was very much once again, not set out with like an intention to write music that was like specifically like hopeful or specifically expressing this, like one like view of the world, but it was really trying to like sink into like, and kind of use this this writing process as like a way to kind of figure out how I felt about the world around me. And I think a lot of that throughout all these years, it's been like, you know, as you said, the lyrical content sometimes is not particularly like, you know, it's not light, it's not like happy, but it's also like I've got this desire to kind of even the, even the bad stuff, even the flaws, even the like sadnesses, like kind of, I don't know, like I, I tend to try and see, I only want to write music about beautiful things, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or like, it's not all about beautiful things, but even the like ugly shit, like (laughs) you kind of see the beauty in it, Mm -hmm. like, because I find writing music a beautiful process. So I think it's like always trying to like capture like, that kind of feeling in myself or the feeling I get when I think about anything, any human emotion or any, you know, human struggle or wants or desires. 100%. I would, um, I'd be very curious to know, cause for anyone listening who wasn't aware, this is the first project under skeleton, but you were previously in the electronic duo of fishing. What originally drew you to music? I don't even know, you know, like it's, <laughs> It is really one of those things where it's just, I'm at this point where it just feels like it's just, it's just what I do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's not even like a, 
you know, a deliberate thing anymore. And I don't feel like it ever has been. I guess what drew me to music in the first place was just like genuinely like thinking back. I think it was like the, like I was like getting music lessons when I was like a little kid on piano. And like, I think, you know, you kind of hate that as a kid. You're like, you have to practice and all that stuff. And it's, but I think when I really got to the point where I was like, it was nice. I was encouraged to like improvise and just like make up a song. Like, and you can kind of have this, I remember feeling like really like just at home when I could just like have this kind of collection of notes on the keyboard and like make my own thing come into the world from like nothing. And it's like, suddenly this thing didn't exist. And suddenly it's like, you know how it goes and it's got a name. And like that process of creation is something that I've like really come back to a lot. Like, especially recently, like doing that, we've been doing these big like jam sessions with like a bunch of friends and just recording and just seeing what comes out out of like pure, we're not even like great improvisers or anything, but like, it's still that same, um, that same kind of fun sense of discovery where it's like, Oh, an hour ago, it was just a blank slate. And now we've got these like, three dumb random songs that we all know and like we all share we all know what they're about even though they just happen in the moment yeah i think that's like what i really get out of it still it i love the fact that you can still kind of and and again this is not to play i guess stereotypes with anyone that kind of does create or compose electronic music because there are so many different facets of electronic music as well. But I, I think that maybe it's a misconception from people who don't kind of know much about it or kind of think that it is, you know, a DJ or just a synth pad or whatever, mm. that there's this element of you still trying to create and improvise in like a band kind of format, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's something that I always, like I think I need both i need that time by myself just like in a studio just listening to a loop and just like you know getting really deep which is kind of like i guess a traditional electronic process where it's just me and a computer and like the you know the instruments there recording um but that wouldn't be and like that's the only way i can really make a skeleton song because it's at least at the moment it's the only way i know how because it's uh I think I need that space to just like do whatever I want and really find that thread that I couldn't really find um, if I was trying to work with a band or something to write a song. But I also like, that wouldn't be enough for me. Like it, I would, I get so much joy out of like playing music with my friends. I mean like in my friends' bands and like do that stuff. And it's just, yeah, it, you need kind of both parts to keep the inspiration going. And I think I've like, as I said, it's like, you know, if you're jamming and like you're kind of doing that process by combining musicians, I like, I've definitely started songs from ideas that have like come from that. Like you might hear a little thing that you've kind of just like come up with together. And then, then I take that into my own little box and like put my head around it for hours and hours. <laughs> I love that. Uh, with I guess with that in mind, can we have you begun to look at the process of bringing under Utopia into a live space and into a live setting? Yeah, well, we have been playing shows for 
we haven't been doing like heaps of shows because mm-hmm. I think it was, I wanted to make sure every show was kind of like special and like we didn't kind of like just go out and firstly, like we're all, everyone's busy and like, well, you know, we've got, I've got a band um, together of like good friends. Um, it's a four piece and, but yeah, we wanted to, um, I didn't want to play it by myself because it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem fun for me. It doesn't seem fun for the audience. And I think the atmosphere that I wanted to create with the music, even though it's a solo project in the recording, like live, I want the atmosphere to feel like shared and communal. And like, it's really hard to kind of do that if you're some performers can do it solo but I'm not that good of a performer. (laughs) So it was really important to me to, um, yeah, put a band together and like, and perform just like in a more traditional, like it's a weird band, but you still look at it and it's like, Oh, it's a band. Like Mm. sounds like a band feels like a band. Yeah. I feel like as well, I know I said, um, uh, and this is not to just kind of keep complimenting the record. (laughs) I know before I said that it was kind of hopeful as well. I feel like there's also a sense of, even in more down-tempo tracks, there is almost like a sense of community on these songs. And I imagine that being performed live, it might not have the same experience if it is just one single person and, you know, a bunch of kind of um, synth pads uh, like whatever it may be, I think that you almost need that aspect to 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 properly give these songs what they deserve to kind of have them uh, come across in a live setting, if you will. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like the um, even though you know it's electronic music, the arrangements are actually like pretty simple at their core. Like I I um, I never wanted to make it like this really production focused like project Mm. you know like most of these songs like pretty much all of them can be like there's only really a few that have like particular like use of samples or something it's it's all pretty much stuff that can be played by a drummer as bass like just bass in every song like i use the same couple of synths for most songs and then like vocals and like and so no matter what you do around that it's still like at the core the songs are made by those like pretty simple elements and so like it would feel strange to not like get my friends to like play those parts and like bring their own kind of personality to them which is like one of the other like really lovely things about playing live with a band is like you know obviously the actual um experience (laughs) of just having fun and sharing like that feeling on stage yeah 100 percent is there, um, now that the record is out, is there a song, I realise it's slightly unfair to ask, is there a song that you're looking forward to playing live or a song that you hope kind of clicks with the audience maybe more so than others from the record? Yeah, good question. Like we have, we have played. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A few of the, like we have played maybe half the record live before. Mm-hmm. Like we've um, only, some of the songs only a couple of times. Um, but the ones that we haven't played, like I really am looking forward to playing the, the title track under Utopia, which is like that kind of, you know, it doesn't really have a beat. It's just like this kind of bass instrumental with some like sounds. And yeah, I'm really excited to see how that can go because it it is kind of the song that like I felt summarized the feeling that I was trying to create with the record. Um, yeah, we've never played that live because, I mean, it hasn't really been the, the moment. And obviously the record hasn't come out yet. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just doing that and, like, being kind of, like, really – because it's the most open and kind of vulnerable song on there, I think. Like, I think it'll be a really beautiful thing to see how that comes across. 100%. I, um, I have to be – if I'm going to be a little bit selfish, I was just wondering if I could ask um, – about my favourite track on the record, I kind of found myself returning to Tertiary Day. I thought that song was just kind of gorgeous and found it. Um, while working <laughs> um, and allowed to have headphones in at work, I just found myself putting it on repeat and found it kind of a, a great song to both be relaxed to and focus on it kind of at the same time. Are you able to take us behind the creation of that song? Yeah, sure. Like... Yeah, Territory Day, it was one of the, like, first songs when I, like, was starting the project. Well, I wasn't even starting, like, as a project. I was just writing these songs, just, like, experimenting, like, with, like, what kind of music I want to make. Like, years ago, around the same time I wrote, like, started Mirrored and started um, Biting Stone, which isn't on the album. But, like, yeah, and I had this – I was just kind of – doing stuff like little loops and things. And I was like, had, um, the, the kind of main little figure of the song, like that vocal line and like the synth part. Um, and I just always knew that I wanted to come back to it, but I didn't come back to it until right at the end of the, the album writing process where it was like, oh, I feel like there's something not, you know, something else that could be done here. So I like, and that, that song at all, that idea had always been there. Um, and I came back and fully reworked it. Um, and I'm so glad I did it. The original, the kind of 
feeling of the song. Yeah, it's called Territory Day, and it's kind of it was written on Territory Day, which is like this um, public holiday in the Northern Territory where everyone can let off fireworks for one day, kind of like the Fourth of July, I guess, in the in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of friends up there at the time, and I was back in Sydney, and there was. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how to describe what it's about, but like, I mean, they're not really about anything, but it's like the feeling was this kind of sense of distance and like the fireworks and that celebration and like the, that kind of sense of like longing and like missing people and like that, those kind of energies traveling over this vast continent and also all around the world. Um, And when I came back to it, I think what happened with a lot of the stuff, like later in the process, these things which felt pretty personal to me at the start of the writing, like became kind of globalized and felt really like, like more like they, I'd I changed my perspective maybe. And all those feelings <laughs> about like longing and hopes and wants and like that kind of connection across space and time. I started, yeah, I was more concerned and like more feeling that, to do with like you know humanity as a whole and like the kind of a more spiritual for lack of a better word like aspect to that kind of um human energy yeah so that's kind of what that's kind of like how the um the formulation of the song from the original idea was kind of constructed around that that feeling which i think is why i ended up doing all the shout outs in the middle for the verse (laughs) (laughs) I do love that. Thank you very much for sharing that. I am. Um, I would love to kind of know. I guess, and this might seem like a little bit of a cliche question, but it, it's more so that I'm personally very excited myself to kind of see what you have planned for the rest of the year. I know that um, uh, that you have played a few shows. I'm not sure if we've got a full tour that's coming up in support of the record. I know that. Um, well, are you both locally? I'm going to try and get this right. Uh, you have the feature, feature album this week on Double J, on FBI, on Sin and on... I'm going to get the fourth one wrong. I apologise. Uh, 2SER, the, um, the, the other great community <laughs> radio station in Sydney, yeah. Yes, so so killing it in, in the feature album game here at home, I know that you've been featured on... Um, blogs like Stereogum, you're getting quite a bit of press overseas as well. What, I guess, can we expect from the the project in the next six months or for the rest of the year? Yeah, like it feels so good to, I mean, I've always felt a lot of support and I think it's it's really nice to have this, like, this full collection of songs because I think I've been waiting to do that and I think it's kind of like really helps people like understand the project more like solid level instead of just having these like these singles that have come out. Um, and I think people get to understand what I'm about a bit more. Um, yeah. So it's really, I'm uh, very happy to like be in this position where like I get to decide what to do next, which is <laughs> we're definitely playing shows. Like um, we've got a big, like album launch, but and like album launch events, like we've booked like a big lineup with uh, one great band, Acopia from Melbourne, and then a bunch of like my favorite DJs to kind of have this nice um, full session. Um, 
and then we're playing one show in down in um, in Melbourne. And I think we've got a show in Brisbane with First Beige as well coming up. So we've got those, you know, those lovely things. And then there's definitely, hopefully, you know, we'll just be playing more and more as the time passes. But we're always pretty, like, um, pretty circumspect about that. We just, like, play it when it feels right. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually just, I'm already kind of excited to release more music, like, <laughs> after this. Like, I don't want to... Like, I'm so excited about the album, but, like, it's actually, as soon as it's come out, um, as I said, we said right at the start, like, now it's kind of given away, and I'm kind of, like, already find myself going back into working on new stuff that I've been toying with, um, mm. and that's really exciting. Like, I I want to release more stuff ASAP, basically, and kind of keep it, keep it going, um, which we will... I'll be doing, which is really exciting. So, yeah, I guess like I was saying the other day to someone, it's like, like your goal in music, your goal when you release a record or release anything is basically for me to just be able to do more. Like Mm -hmm. there's no like, Oh, I'm waiting for it to like hit this certain amount of like, you know, streams or like listens or have this certain or, or like be able to like play this thing or do this thing. It's just like all I want from it is like firstly for it to connect with people in a way that like makes you feel like you're in a position to like, you know, do that again or do that mm. more. So, yeah, and it feels like that's where I'm at, which is like all I could <laughs> ask for. <laughs> when, it It's this funny thing and we've spoken to a few different artists about it in that, and I don't think there's a misconception from people, non-musical people or non-industry um, people, but it's this thing of that the the music you've been working on, as we've discussed today, has been in the works for years, has, you know, kind of been sitting with you for a while, that when we finally get to kind of sit down and talk to artists that they're possibly one or even two errors ahead in terms of what's being created and yeah. what they've got going on. So it's a funny kind of thing because, yeah, I imagine that, if we were to, and um, to the other powers that be on that are on this call, we won't <laughs> divulge anything. Um, but I'm sure that there are other exciting things that you could let us know or talk about if we were able to. So it's, um, I look forward, regardless what it is, I look forward to whatever new music does come out post this record. Um, but very happy to sit with this record for a while as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I appreciate it. Like, yeah, I think that that is so true. There's always like you know, in the release process and like that kind of getting these things ready to actually share with the world. There's always that kind of like progression, but I do feel like with this project, I'm, I'm closer than I've ever been before in terms of like the time frame between, um, you know, releasing music and it being like still present with you and like not having left it behind. Like I still feel really like excited and tightly, tightly like, um, connected with this album and it's just like yeah it feels like really perfect timing to like take that stuff into the next um the next thing i'm doing 100 yeah just lucky <laughs> um russell we would usually ask i guess what they're currently listening to is there anything at the moment that's kind of um on repeat in your household or, or caught your fancy uh, on your uh, wherever you listen to music on oh yeah Oh, give me a second. I have plenty of things. 
<laughs> I've been listening a lot to um, listening to a lot of Bar Italia. They're a mm-hmm. great band. I've been listening to the new Collarbones album a lot, which is the new Collarbones album and the last ever Collarbones album. Yes, yeah, which is sad. Yeah, um, yeah. And apart from that, I've also just been delving back into a lot of like, like late nineties, like chill out, down tempo kind of releases, which has mm. been, I don't know, part of the maybe like me wanting to chill out. <laughs> it's been, it's been really, um, yeah, really pleasant. All very solid choices. Um, and also love the, the collarbones shout out. Um, uh, Russell, thank you so much for your time uh, today. I do very much appreciate it. As we said, I know that you're a busy man at the moment, so it is very much appreciated. Congratulations on Under Utopia. Um, and we'll make sure we have all the links in the episode show notes where people can buy, stream the record, come to the shows that we discussed before. But um, yes, thanks again for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so lovely. Cheers. Cheers.